Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Uh, it is Super Bowl Friday. We are finally here. It is the big game on Sunday. We have been out here in Las Vegas at Super Bowl Radio Row. We've also been at Lake Las Vegas. That's where they uh, put both teams, the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. They did not want to put them, um, I get a hotel right on the strip. So, you know, you, you were not seeing uh, the Chiefs or the 49ers at uh, Caesars or the Wynn or something like that. They've been out there in Lake Las Vegas the Lake Las Vegas Hilton, and I believe the Lake Las Vegas Weston. So um, then we've been out there uh, talking to both teams. So wanted to, like as we get here on the Friday before the Super Bowl, play for you some of the sound that we got. Uh, again, yes, we were there for Super Bowl opening night. That was crazy. That was a scene. But once you get into what's happening during the course of, uh, of the week, uh, you, you get the – Real questions, the honest questions about what these teams are looking for, what the matchups will be like. Uh, the one player that I wanted to uh, share with you, uh, the uh, conversation he had with the media in the press conference, the San Francisco 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy. Again, big, big game for Brock, his legacy, the ability to become the first San Francisco 49er quarterback to win a Super Bowl since uh, Steve Young and Joe Montana. Again, the 49ers have been to a couple of Super Bowls. They have not won since winning it back in 1995. So this would be a big moment for the 49ers and a big moment for Brock Purdy. Uh, they are currently still a two-point favorite going into the game. We'll see how that turns out. But wanted to now play for you um, the conversation. Uh, this was the last time Brock Purdy talked with the media. So let's now hear from uh, San Francisco 49ers quarterback, also Mr. Irrelevant, not so much anymore, San Francisco 49ers quarterback, Brock Purdy. Brock, we're going to start here in the back, okay? Hi, Brock. Melissa Jacobs from Good Game Youth Sports Newsletter. So I'm wondering how playing flag football until age 12 helped prepare you for tackle football and if you think that your path is the way of the future. Yeah. um, I mean, like you said, I played up until I was about 12, and I think it just helped just with the speed of the game. It was a a quick game. I think uh, hand-eye coordination, all that kind of stuff, really did develop for me. you know, throughout my years of playing flag football, obviously being able to juke and and cut and move in certain ways, um, just from the way the sport is, um, helped me for tackle football. I feel like when I started playing tackle football, I was a little slower actually because of 
just the pace of the game compared to flag. So um, anytime I'm talking family and friends, I always encourage, you know, kids growing up to, to start off with flag football and play, um, you know, really as long as they can to help develop those kind of skills. Brock, do you feel like this week has been, or these last two weeks have been normal weeks as far as your preparation heading into this game? And what's been the biggest challenge for you to try to make it as normal as possible? Yeah, I feel like, you know, last last week, you know, Kyle and obviously just the staff in general did a great job with, you know, treating it like it was a normal game week in terms of, you know, our installs and, and our routine and our schedules. So that all felt uh, pretty normal. Um, and, and the challenge is, you know, you get through the week and, and then you don't play on Sunday. So for us, it was, you know, you put in all this, you know, work of studying and preparation and obviously practicing and then you're not playing on Sunday. So that, that was a little odd. But um, obviously this week, same thing, knocked out some media stuff really in the week. And then today it felt good to get back out there and get back into our routine. Yes. Oh, over here. Brock, yeah. Brock, Brock, can you just describe what the, what the practice field is like? We've heard a lot about it this week. Just what are your impressions of it having, having been on it today? Yeah. Um, I mean, today we didn't have as an aggressive practice just in terms of the, the hard running, the cutting and stuff. We, that's tomorrow. So, uh, but today I feel like it was pretty good just in terms of us getting out there and, and sort of, you know, moving around, you know, light running and whatnot. So um, that was that. So we'll, we'll see tomorrow, though, how it is. Brock, um, your first passes were against the Chiefs in that blowout loss uh, last, last season. Jed Yorks said you threw a ball in the stands. I don't recall that happening. Uh, you did throw a pick, but uh, what, what are your memories of that game and what were your emotions is like, you know, here I am playing in the NFL. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously the score and the game was sort of out of reach and I went in at the end and was trying to get some reps and, um, I'm not gonna lie. It was, it was going pretty fast. Just it was my first NFL action and, and I'm dropping back. And, um, you know, for me, I was like, I think, I don't know if Chris Jones is in, but I was like, man, Chris Jones is there, Frank Clark on the edge. So for me, my mind was racing pretty fast and, I was trying to get through reads pretty quickly and um, definitely did feel rushed. I'm not going to lie, I did. But, um, you know, there were some plays where I was able to make some throws and get into a rhythm. And then, obviously, at the end, I sailed one over Juwan's head for an interception. But um, just where where the game was at was a little weird. You know, it was out of reach. And then I was just trying to go in and get my first action and, and get into a rhythm. So, um, yeah, it is what it is. But, you know, obviously, I learned from it and feel like, when week 13 came around, it, that game and those reps actually did help me, you know, be prepared for my opportunity. Rocky, you're facing a um, defensive coordinator in Steve Spagnuolo who's renowned for throwing a lot at opposing quarterbacks, but your defense um, has had success well in terms of disguising coverages, particularly on that fourth down against Detroit. I'm just wondering how facing them helps you prepare for the challenge you've got on Sunday. Yeah, um... You know, obviously, I think they do a great job with, you know, being sound in what they do and then also bringing some pressure um, at times, you know, sort of get the quarterback, you know, off schedule and, and just different looks they, they sprinkle in. So, um, but yeah, going back to like camp, you know, we've seen a lot of different pressure looks and stuff from our defense and, and um, you know, we've had some good looks, you know, obviously going against Fred and Dre and those, and those guys. So that's, all, that's, you know, sort of good for us to sink back and have that kind of experience. Um, but at the same time, you know, Spags does a good job, I think, with, you know, calling plays and, and pressures when you least expect it and, and um, you know, try to get, get the offense caught off guard. So 
that's the challenge, honestly. So it's going to come down to the heat of the battle, you know, being able to be ready for it and make the right decisions when they come. Brock, uh, you've been very vocal about your faith and identity in Christ. Um, what is a verse or a passage in the Bible that you hold on to when facing, ad- facing adversity in the NFL? Um, I've said it a lot, you know, in, in the press conferences, but Psalm 23, um, you know, even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they come for me. Um, and then it also talks about how God prepares a table before me, even in the presence of my enemies. So like, even though all the craziness is going on, for me, I'm like, all right, God's with me. He's right here in this moment. And uh, it gives me peace. It gives me, you know, just the calmness, the steadfastness. And um, so, th- yeah, in those moments, that's what I can sink back to. Hey, Brock. Middle. middle. Omar here. Yes. Hey, uh, from the very beginning, the, the locker room, your teammates have been very supportive of you, their, their confidence, their belief in you based on what they had seen from you in practice. At what point in your starting career did you feel like you had earned all that trust and faith based on what you did in the, in the games? Um, I mean, last year, you know, when I stepped in, we were, all, we were on a roll as a team. Just obviously we had our, the Super Bowl um, on our minds and, and on our, in our sights. So, you know, for, for me, really, it was like, all right, we're rolling. I'm just continuing to do what Jimmy had done uh, before and, and didn't want to, you know, lose a step or take a step back as an offense. So for, for me, I didn't really know or understand um, until probably this year, you know. Um, you know, we, we went on a roll, we were 5-0, and and then honestly when we, you know, went on a streak of losing some games, um, that's, I feel like, when you start, you know, questioning and, and seeing how guys uh, respond to you. Um, and my team had my back, you know, even through those three games that we lost in a row. Um, you had guys on defense, Dre Greenlaw, Fred, Eric Armstead, like all those guys continue to come up to me and say, dude, we got your back. You know, this is the NFL. It's not easy. And so um, it was in those moments that I knew. I was, all right, these guys got my back and we can go. Hey, Brock, after your injury in the NFC Championship last year and looking at the improvements that you made coming into this season, where in your game do you think that you made the biggest strides? Yeah, I think, um, you know, last year when I first got in, you know, there was times where I feel like I really wasn't, you know, playing the position of quarterback like I, like I needed to and wanted to. I feel like I was, you know, sort of quick to get out of the pocket at, at some points and, and, and rush out and not trust progressions and trust the boys up front. So I feel like this year I've done a little bit better of a job of staying within the pocket, going through some reads, taking some check downs, throwing the ball away when I need to. Um, you know, obviously there's been some times and moments where, you know, I've, I've been too aggressive and have had interceptions and stuff. But, um, I mean, that, that happens. And so, but I think a big jump for me this year was, is just playing, playing the position and not trying to be Superman every play when something's not there. So. Brock, you mentioned you had a lot of meaningful conversations with the veterans of this team about navigating this Super Bowl experience. What's been the most helpful piece of advice you've gotten? Yeah, um, not making it, you know, what, it is, what it's not. Um, and I've heard a lot of guys say, you know, it's a big moment, it's a big game, it could be the biggest game of your life kind of thing. But um, what it comes down to is it's 11 on 11, it's football at the end of the day. You can't get wrapped up in all the stuff outside, what's going on throughout the week. Um, and, and we're here for a reason. You know, what we've done all year has gotten us here. And so we can obviously have confidence in that. Um, you know, what we've done all year has been good enough and we just got to continue to do that. I've heard that from multiple of the vets, so... 
Brock, Brock, your teammates say that impersonations are among your many talents. I believe sirens. We had SpongeBob the other night, maybe some teammates, coaches. When did you first realize you can do that, and how do you use that in, in the building? Yeah, um, I mean, growing up, my dad was pretty good with impersonations, and so I think I picked up from him. Um, just whether it was family, friends, teammates growing up, uh, I feel like I've always done some impersonations, and they've been, they've been pretty well. But I don't know. I'll do it sometimes when we're in the huddle or something to sort of just, you know, show them that, all right, Brock's, you know, he's calm, he's cool and collected here, he's joking around, so it's all good. So I feel like there's times and moments where I do it, but I don't go around trying to impersonate everybody all the time. So. Hi, Brock, it's Contessa Brewer from CNBC. When you started, I guess in gambling terms, you would have been considered a long shot. Give me a sense of whether being underestimated is actually an advantage. Um, yeah, I feel like it, it can be. Um, you know, I think, you know, early in, earlier this year, you know, there's not a lot of talk or buzz uh, really about, I guess, myself. And not that I listen to it and buy into all of it, but um, it's almost like, all right, I still have to go and, and, and play with that chip on my shoulder and prove to my teammates that, you know, I can be the guy for this team. I feel like I had some stuff to prove still. Um, Obviously, last year I played seven, eight games or whatever that was, and, and it was all good, but it wasn't a whole season, so there was a lot of questions. And so for me, it was, all right, I still got to go out there and prove to myself, you know, I, I can do this and, and to my team that I can be the guy. So, um, yeah, there wasn't a big, you know, spotlight on me or anything like that. So, like, you sort of want to make a name for yourself kind of thing, you know, throughout the year and, and early on. So um, I feel like it has been sort of, of an, an advantage for sure. Now that you have a year under your belt, what was the biggest difference between learning Iowa State's playbook and the 49ers' playbook? Was there any similarities in verbiage, and um, was there any, you know, crossover in the playbook as far as schematics go? Yeah, I feel like, you know, concepts and stuff um, are pretty similar, I'm not going to lie, from, from what we ran at Iowa State to what we do now. Um, just the differences, like just the, the way of college football compared to the NFL, um, being in a huddle, reciting plays, long plays, multiple plays, all in one, you know, standing, telling them, you know, my O-line receivers, everybody what we're doing. There's just a lot more communication, uh, like just that aspect is more of it. Um, you know, in college, you're getting the signal from the sideline and then everyone's looking and then you line up real quick and try to run the play. In the NFL, like you're looking guys in the eyes and telling them, hey, this is the play and, and this is what we have to do. Um, but as a quarterback, I, I like that just because you can see the play in your head better and you got to say it uh, multiple times and, and uh, I feel like it's just a little bit more clear to me in my mind. So those are the differences. And it's not knocking college football or anything. It's just the differences and, and the way it is. So. Brock, Jose Villalba from Multimedios in Mexico. Uh, two questions. First, how well, when you enter as a starting quarterback with the 49ers, there were so many offensive players, established players like Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Josh Kittle. How were you able to connect with them? And second, many, many people probably forgot the rehab that you had to go through during the offseason. How, how, how hard was it to regain the form that you had last year? Uh, yeah, so to answer the first part, um, I mean, I've, I've been myself since I got here day one. You know, obviously I've come in and I didn't really say much. I just try to learn the playbook and do my job and, and show, you know, the guys that practice that, hey, I, I, I can be a trustworthy guy if my number's called, up, uh, called upon. Um, you know, go in, make reads, and make plays. And uh, I feel like over time, you know, Trent, 
Debo, um, Christian, George, like they, they sensed that, they could feel it. It wasn't just all talk. Um, and obviously when I got thrown in week 13, it was like, all right, let's see what you got kind of thing. And, um, and I never really did look back from there. So that's sort of just how that came to be. Um, in terms of the rehab and stuff, um, you know, I feel like it was, it was a long process. You get cleared. I got cleared around, I think, like five and a half, six months. Um, and I'm not going to lie, like, you know, I was still continuing to strengthen my arm as the season started. And, um, and that was the whole thing that I was dealing with. But um, I was good enough to play, and I felt good enough for game one. And, and I mean, the rest has sort of been history. But, um, you know, I think my arm had, like, you just do different mobilities and exercises and stuff uh, because of your arm and the rehab. And so your arm, by nature, I think, does get a little stronger. Um, so those are things that I've, I've learned and will continue to do, you know, moving forward. So, yep. Um, hello, Brock. Uh, Victor Roulier from Touchdown Mac 2. Uh, quick question. In a, a almost perfect season, you had one difficult game versus Baltimore versus a very aggressive defense. And now in the Super Bowl, you will face again a very aggressive defense with the, the Chiefs. What lesson did you learn from the matchup from Baltimore? And do you think you can apply what you learn during the, the Super Bowl versus the Chiefs? Yeah, um, I mean, in that Baltimore game, we had a couple explosive plays early on. And, um, you know, for myself, I started, you know, just feeling good about what we were doing. And, and I sort of bought into the emotion of, all right, we had some big plays here and I can go, I can fit this, this throw in now, even though it wasn't even the right coverage for me to do that and so and I learned the hard way through some interceptions and um, I just I feel like I wasn't playing with a clear mind at that point so that's something that I definitely learned and obviously we're playing in the Super Bowl another big game um, and how can I understand that every play has a life of its own you can't just because you had a, a big play in the last play doesn't mean this next play is going to be another big play like it, the, the right play might be checking it down or throwing it away so those are things I had to learn and definitely taken into account with you know, how aggressive and how good the Chiefs' defense is. Last one, middle left. Brock, you talked earlier about sometimes doing impressions in the huddle. George is always finding the camera, especially on a week like this. How important is it to remember that, yes, you're, it's the seriousness of, of the business of football, but also you're playing a game and you want to have fun doing it? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a fine line of it for sure. Um, obviously studying and, and being prepared for every little situation and circumstance um, and, and being ready to answer those those questions um, right, um, but also you know being able to enjoy the game. We're in the Super Bowl. You dreamed of this as a kid growing up. You know you wanted to play. Every kid dreamed playing in this game. And so I mean like George obviously gives us a great perspective every game. He's always having fun, joking around. But when the when the ball snapped, he's doing his job and he's doing it well. So there's the fine line of it. But I mean at the end of the day, man, like this is this is something that we've all dreamed of growing up and got to be grateful for it and have fun with it. All right. Thank you guys. Thanks guys. All right, that was San Francisco 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy talking to the media out at the, the 49ers hotel there in Lake Las Vegas. Uh, again, you know, it, this is the first time a lot of the media and a lot of people outside of Las Vegas have explored and seen Lake Las Vegas. The majority of the media that I talked to didn't even know that there was a Lake Las Vegas. But I'm really um, excited to see what Brock Purdy does in this game. I think he's really shown what he can do, not only during the course of the season when he was the favorite to win most valuable player going into that game against Baltimore, 
where they got blown out. And again, uh, you know, Brock was no longer kind of in that uh, conversation. But we've never seen a quarterback. Again, we've seen, uh, you know, players get drafted low or, you know, players uh, get drafted late. To have someone who was literally, quite literally, the last pick in the draft, Mr. Irrelevant. Again, they have this amazing event in Huntington Beach uh, where, you know, they they, <laughs> they present the the uh, Lozman Trophy, not the Heisman Trophy, the Lozman Trophy to Mr. Irrelevant. They have a good time. It's, it's all in good fun. They celebrate the last pick in the draft. So, and again, generally speaking, these are guys – um, who might make a practice squad, who might last for a season, who might get cut during training camp. This is sort of like their last run in football. So for Brock Purdy to do this and now be one win away from being a Super Bowl champion and put his name right alongside Joe Montana and Steve Young, I mean, that is incredible. And you walk into Allegiant Stadium, uh, there he is, a big banner, a big picture of Brock Purdy right next to Patrick Mahomes near the uh, torch at Allegiant Stadium. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we are going to hear from Kansas City Chiefs coach Andy Reid. And Andy Reid is is now on the cusp of something special as well as he leads the Chiefs to their fourth Super Bowl in five years. So we'll hear from him when we come back right here on the Money or 1090 for the California, the Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears... We create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show, presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Uh, just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii. Call our hotline, 310-400-0340. All right, so we played for you some sound from San Francisco 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy in the previous uh, segment. We are now going to play for you uh, the comments from Kansas City Chiefs head coach Andy Reid. Again, this was out in Lake Las Vegas where both teams are staying. Um, you know, Reid has the ability here uh, – to be in rarefied air in terms of Super Bowl winning head coaches. I mean, just leading a team to their fourth Super Bowl in five years is one thing. But if if, if he goes on to win uh, his third with the uh, Chiefs, you know, now he's in that conversation with some of the greatest coaches in football history. I think he's already there. You know, I mean, I I, I don't think that he is less of a coach if the 49ers, which again are favored by depending on what sports book you go to, whether it's one, one and a half, two. Um, if, if the Chiefs lose this game close and late, 
I'm not going to knock Reed down a peg uh, because of that. But again, we all know at the end of the day, you are judged by the championships you win. I mean, that's, that, that's why we view Tom Brady a certain way. That's why we view Bill Belichick a certain way and Michael Jordan. You go down the list. So if Reed, I think, I think Reed's also in that conversation where a Patrick Mahomes finds himself in that conversation as well in terms of, you know, if he wins the Super Bowl, where is he viewed as in terms of one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time? There's a lot of people saying out there, if he wins the Super Bowl this year, he's in the conversation for greatest of all time. Again, hard to say that when, when Tom Brady just won, uh, his, um, you know, just won his seventh Super Bowl. But I, I, I have no doubt that at the end of the day, you, we, when we talk about the greatest coaches in football history, I think Andy Reid is certainly going to be a part of that. So without any further ado, let's uh, now hear from Kansas City Chiefs head coach, Mr. Randy Reid. All right. Um, again, we get uh, to start the kind of normal week practice uh, today. This would be equivalent to a to a Wednesday practice back home. So look forward to that. With that, time's yours. Hello. Uh, good morning, Coach Reed. Morning. Uh, you have the opportunity of being on the ultra-modern facilities of the Las Vegas Riders. Is it the, the best um, condition you ever had to prepare for a Super Bowl? Um, I would say uh, yes. The... I think I understood the question. Preparation for this? Yeah, so it's great conditions uh, to prepare for uh, this game. Um, I think our guys have been focused in up to this point. So, and uh, the facilities are great. Right here to the left. Okay. Hey, Andy. Um, at this point, hey, right here. Okay, good. Uh, at this point, Andy, where do you feel like Travis stands among the greatest tight ends in the history of the game and, and do you think being the best ever at his position is something that motivates him yeah so I think all these guys want to do the best they possibly can and uh, to play the best they possibly can um, and then I'd tell you Travis's numbers probably stand up for themselves uh, I would tell you that he has an opportunity to go down as uh, one of the best, if not the best, uh, tight ends to play. Does he spend a ton of time worrying about that? I don't think he does. He Every game he goes, you know, let's just go win. I mean, that's that's kind of his thinking. And, um, and uh, however, he's competitive, and during crunch time, you know, he's going to be there for you um, and, and want the ball to, you know, to help out the team, yeah. Yep, gotcha. Andy, there's been a lot of teams in various sports in your position where players have talked about just it's so taxing to be in this championship or bust mode year after year after year mentally. How do you make sure that there's still joy for your players in the day-to-day -day and it doesn't become a thing where it's just trying to have the relief of winning? Yeah, listen, um, we try to have fun within the intensity of the game uh, during the week. Uh, there's a time to focus in and a time to mess around and you know I, I, they don't have to come in um, where they feel 
they're uptight in the in the practice. Uh, I think some of that is we uh, we keep it relatively consistent, so they know what they're coming into every day. The times are the same. They know the drill that's coming up. They know when they can focus and need to focus, and then they can also know when they can mess around and goof around with each other and kind of let their personality show. You know. We'll go back to back. Right? Coach, in the fall of 22, Todd Pinkston was coaching in high school, and now he's your running backs coach. What do you think he has brought to the running backs room, and was his background as a receiver helpful for guys like Isaiah Pacheco coming out of the backfield? Yeah, I think that that does help. Um, as far as knowing how to run routes, they they had Greg Lewis last year, so he was in that same. That you know, he kind of came up through that same way. Um, Todd is uh, Todd and Greg were different personality-wise, but um, their their fundamentals were the same, and I, I think that's healthy for for the running backs. Uh, Porter Ellett also works in there with Todd, um, and so he could kind of carry over some of the things that, that we had last year um, and we're doing there um, with EB's influence and, um, you know, with Greg's. <clears throat> so I think all of that helped Todd. However, Todd came with uh, – he, he's always been uh, – and I saw this when he was a player. He was willing to teach the young guys uh, that were coming up below him, uh, the wide receiver, at the wide receiver position. And he just had a good way about him with that. And I always thought, man, this he'd be like a really good football coach <laughs> if he ever chose to go that route. And then he did with the high, at the high school level. He's got a son that's a phenomenal player um, that's coming up through and you know, going to college here, I believe next year. Um, so um, anyways, he, he's, a, he's a good teacher, yeah. Andy, staying on the topic of assistant coaches and and uh, and moving up through the ranks, um, how much has being in the Super Bowl year after year uh, affected this? You know, just coaches not being able to do that on your staff. Say that one more time. Well, just that, that was, with your yeah. season going so long. Yeah. You know. It, yeah. How, how much is that a circumstance of coaches not being able to move up and out? Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I want to give them all an opportunity to continue to grow, whether it's on our staff or somewhere else. So um, sometimes when the season does go a little bit longer like this, uh, the other spots get filled up uh, on other teams, um, which allows us to have continuity. And continuity is great. I mean, it's great for, for me, but from a selfish standpoint and for, for the team. But at the same time, I, I, I like to like to promote like guys to have an opportunity to do this thing. Sometimes this coaching can be short-lived in one spot. It's, uh, it's sometimes short-lived in the National Football League. So uh, if you have an opportunity to move up, I think that's a positive thing. Coach Reed, uh, Patrick Mahomes up for man of the year. What do you see from a guy who's able to do so much in the Kansas City community, family man, do the commercials, lead a team to the Super Bowl, and do it all with a passion? Yeah, he'd have my vote. Um, he, he's, uh, he's, a, he's a great one that way. Uh, always willing to give back uh, time. I mean, you know, there's only so much time in a day. He's going to exhaust that. He's great with kids. He's great with his own kids. He's great, great with kids, period. 
Um, so, and he's a good dad and husband. So that's a, that makes him a pretty good man. Coach, Contessa yes. Brewer with CNBC. Nice to see Hi. you. Yes. Can you give me a sense of the kind of conversations that you've had with your team and your staff around gambling ahead of the game in Las Vegas? Yeah, so the league, you know, the league does a great job of that, uh, of talking to our guys. So we, we had um, the league security rep come in and talk to the guys right when we got here. I mean, literally when we got here. And um, that was part of the conversation that uh, was gambling. So um, he made it very clear, re reinstating the rules and regulations and temptations here, obviously, uh, in Las Vegas. So um, that, that was addressed, yes. Andy, over here. Yep. Morning, Andy. All right, um, Adam. Uh, good, thanks. Um, Eric Bieniemy, um, have you had a chance to talk to him by chance, and what do you think his coaching future is? And I'll have a second one as well. I did. He actually came in and talked to our team um, before our last game. So he uh, uh, talked to the offensive guys and hung out with us uh, in our meetings. So I have had a chance to talk to him. Um, and he's, he's still up for a couple jobs. Yeah. What do you think his future is in coaching? And would there be a spot on your staff if it doesn't work out for him somewhere else? Yeah, I, I can't answer the last part because I have no spots right now. Um, uh, uh, but I, I would tell you, I think his um, coaching future is great. I mean, I'm obviously a big fan of his, and I know the things that he, he can do. Hey, Andy, Steve White's over here a little bit to your left. All right, Steve, uh, there you are. How's everything nice. going? Nice, good. good. Hey, playing a team like San Francisco that does so much out of the slot in, in, in that area defensively, what does Trent McDuffie add to the defense to be able to kind of combat some of the things that they like to do? Yeah, so the 49ers have a, an offense that has a lot of talent, a lot of guys that can do a lot of things. And, and so you need flexibility within your secondary linebacker positions. Uh, Trent gives us that. He can play the inside slot position. He can really play anywhere in the secondary. I mean, uh, whether it's safety, corner. I mean, he is one of our starting corners. But he, he moves all over the place. He can match up guys. Um, so he's, he's special that way. Yeah. Andy, could you tell us a little bit about why screen passes play such a vital role in your offense and what the qualities are in, in your personnel that make it effective? Yeah, so when you, when you throw the football there, um, as much as teams do in this league and as much as we do, uh, screen pass helps counter that rush coming. If a team is willing to push the quarterback uh, up the field and rush the passer, this gives you an opportunity to check it down, get the big guys out there, and... Um, in a blocking position. So it's really just to counter the, the, the pass for you. Hey, Andy. Chris Percy Iden here hey, with Chris. WFUV from Fordham. Um, you guys had your chairman and CEO, Clark Hunt, go on Good Morning Football this morning, and he talked about how he had some conversations with you this season. Um, you said we're just a play or two away from turning this thing around, and he, he singled you out as kind of being – the most optimistic, the most bullish on this group. What did you see in this group that made you so confident? Um, yeah, well, I felt that way. I, the, 
we had some drops, and that's really where it was related. Uh, and we were we were getting better, but we were play away. And uh, for that that catch, and it seemed like it came down to that catch, three or four games, and. It was in some cases it was guys that I'd seen make the play before uh, that that weren't doing it at that particular time, but I know they had the potential to uh, to make it. So those guys ended up picking it up, doing well here the, the stretch here, and then we had a young guy Rice uh, who Rashi's game was getting better every week, and that that's such a key ingredient when you have a Kelsey on the other side, that inside slot receiver. And so he kept getting better and better and better as we went along. And then he started making the play. And so he had that group of receivers making the play and then Rasheed picking, you know, picking things up as a rookie rapidly. So it all worked out well, you know, that way. Yes. Hi, Andy. Hi. Hi. Can you touch base on the importance of the initials NKH on the players' jerseys and the legacy that Norma Hunt leaves behind? Yeah, she leaves a great legacy behind. Um, I think this might be the first Super Bowl that she hasn't been here. Um, just that in itself is pretty spectacular. But her heart was the biggest thing. Yeah, great person. Good morning, uh, Coach Reed, uh, Dennis Freeman, newsforusonline.com. Coach, when you, uh, is, it, is there somebody that reminds, when you see Isaiah Pacheco run, is there somebody that, another running back in the past, that he reminds you of? Yeah, he's a violent runner. I, you know, I hate even mentioning this because he was a 49er, but Roger Craig was um, a violent runner. Um, he was coming at you with knees, elbows, uh, hips, everything coming at you at one time. And, um, you know, they were built kind of the same way and, and ran the, with that violence, yeah. Andy in the back here, Aaron yeah. Ladd, KSHB right. 41. I know you're back there. Uh, somewhere, yeah. Yeah. yeah, over here. There we go, all right. There we go. Uh, what did you all see from Nick Bolton when you drafted him? He had an up and down year this year with the injuries. What did you see from him this year development-wise? Yeah, so Nick uh, is kind of the key to that that defense, he's stuck right there in the middle, so he's got to be the transmitter between the back end, the secondary, and the front end, the defensive line. He's able to communicate to both and do it accurately, which becomes important. Um, and then he, he's, a, he's really a great tackler. So you put, <clears throat> you put that into the instinct category. He's got great instincts and, and, uh, and He's not the biggest guy, not the fastest guy, but he takes great angles to the ball. And then the place he's probably improved the most is in his pass coverage. He, he's really worked at that and, and gotten better every, every year with that and has done a nice job this year. And he's done it with a cast on his hand here for about half the season. So he's, uh, he, he, he's worked through that part too. Last one in the back. Yep. Hi. Hi. Yes. I'm Robert Cobb from Inscriber Magazine. Um, I have a question for you, Coach. What would you say is the biggest difference between this Niners team you're facing on Sunday versus the team that you um, faced four years ago? Okay, do, do this. Just raise your hand. Where are you? Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Good. There's a light right there, man. <laughs> Sorry about All that. All right. All right. I'll repeat the question. Yeah, fire away. 
Okay, I was um, asking, what do you say is the biggest difference between the Niners team you're facing on Sunday versus the team that you uh, faced four years ago? Yeah, well, actually, there are quite a few of the, the same guys, uh, but they're, and they played at a very high level then. I think they're even better now. Um, so, uh, to answer your question, that, that what McCaffrey would be new, I'd say he's a pretty big ingredient, um, and the quarterback's new, and and he's a heck of a football player. So, but the rest of the surrounding cast is, is very similar to what they had before. All right, that was Kansas City Chiefs head coach Andy Reid. And as I said before, you know, if if the Chiefs find a way to win, and they're not favored, but you talk to you know pundits out there, uh, you know. It, this is one of those games where it's very interesting that the 49ers are the favorites if you go to a Las Vegas sports book. But if, but if you talk to, you know, a lot of former players and coaches and things like that, uh, you know, the, the common theme there is I, I can't bet against Patrick Mahomes. I can't bet against the Kansas City Chiefs. But, you know, when you just look at Reeves, when you just look at Reeves' body of work, again, we, we've, we've heard a lot about the Patrick Mahomes conversation but with Reed, you know, if, if he wins his third Super Bowl and you, you know, put that alongside the fact that he's won, you know, 258 games and 25 postseason games and has a winning uh, percentage of over uh, 64%, it's just you start talking about him as one of the greatest coaches of all time. And again, in the conversation, for greatest coach of all time. I mean, that's, that, that's what happens when you have a run like this, when you play your fourth Super Bowl in five years, when you have a chance to win your third Super Bowl in five years, when you are um, constantly in the conversation. Again, the, 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 not only are they playing in their, first, in, in, in their fourth Super Bowl in five years, in the years that they have not gone to the Super Bowl, They've gone to the conference championship game and lost in overtime. I mean, this is a team that since 2018 has been in the final four, has been in the position to win a championship. And again, if they win their third Super Bowl in five years, you're going to hear Patrick Mahomes be in that conversation for the greatest quarterback of all time. And obviously Travis Kelsey for being, you know, the, the greatest tight end of all time. And Andy Reid for being the best coach of all time. Again, going to be hard to uh, supplant Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, you know, Rob Gronkowski. But now this is this will be a conversation of the Chiefs find a way to win. All right, that's all the time we have for today. It's been a fun week here in Las Vegas. That is again all the time we have for today. Let's do it again on Monday. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying, stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about it, brother got smoked by a fiend. Trying to floss on him, blind to a broken man's dream. A hard lesson Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.